real news. Honest and fun political talk weekly on the line 90.7 FM. Welcome back everyone to Real News here. This is a uncensored edition since we are technically off the air for this week. It's because of a Penn State football game. We got cucked by the football, but that's okay. We'll be back next week on a normal format, but we'll go with this for this week. So the big headline news story of the week is the Hong Kong protests have reached a uh, climax here where the extradition bill was withdrawn, so the protesters did get what they want, but they're still protesting. I think this is definitely good progress and good for them, but I I don't think this is the end at all. I think these protests are going to keep going and keep going. What do you guys think? Um, I think it... No, I think this is, like, really huge because this is the first time that I can remember and i don't think it's ever happened before where a protester protests against the chinese government and they actually like got what they wanted like every other time this happened it usually involves like tanks coming out or people getting thrown in prison and like have key thrown away this is this is just like a a, a break of like a, a watershed moment in chinese uh, you know communist chinese history yeah and but on the other hand honestly i feel that they should like I almost feel like they should stop protesting at this point because if they keep on going, it might like the Chinese might just be like, nah, you keep protesting, so we're gonna bring it back. Mm. Um, I have a bad feeling like if you know they just, I mean, on the other hand, I mean, they have the right to protest and they should, but I don't know if that's gonna help their case any at this point. Yeah, I, I think it could get deadly too, and they might just use it as an excuse to clamp down more control and power of them, like the extradition bill may have just been a red herring you know they sort of like oh this is what you know this isn't really what we're after here this really isn't the end goal here the end game this is just a small little false piece of it but i could be wrong what do you think phil i mean the chinese you know the the united states in the western world they usually run on like you know four year cycles but like the chinese they have like 50 or 100 year cycles like they're They'll play the low and slow game, mm-hmm. and that's the thing you have to worry about. But something like this, you know, this kind of this is the first time they lost in, you know, was it like uh, fifty or seventy or however many years that the Chinese have uh, the communist Chinese have been in power. Mm-hmm. So this is this is really interesting. It's kind of kind of breaks that trend, but still, you know, it could it could just be all part of their plan. Maybe in the next ten or twenty years, might go and reintroduce it, and at that point. People might have grown like grown weak, and they just allowed it. You know, the Chinese might bring in when there's a time of like political turmoil, because I think a lot of it, like a lot of other countries, were involved with this. Mm-hmm. I think definitely Trump. I think he's a big part of this because this was going right around the time that uh, the tariffs were going on. I'm sure, like Trump and uh, Xi Jinping, they've had. Uh, I'm sure they had conversations about this, and maybe Trump was like, "Hey, you know, we might. This might be a." Yeah, look favorably if you don't like allow Hong Kong to remain free or something. We'll give you like slightly better terms. Mm-hmm. Might be a bargaining chip that uh, Trump pulled, thinking that the Chinese weren't going to do it. But even then, I mean, it's it's good for humanity as a whole. And it seems like they buckled. So I mean, thank you, Trump. Thanks, Daddy, again. Always delivering the goods. Yeah, I I'm. <sighs> See, the Chinese people in America don't understand. They're like a totally different culture. They don't consider morals. They're just all about winning. And so when you have those forces clashing, especially with the protesters, 
it's going to get ugly, I think, at some point. I mean, it's already been a little ugly, but I think it's just going to get uglier. But when it's America versus China, that's when it's really interesting because you have one side that's all thinking about, oh, we got to do the right thing, whereas the other side is just like, screw you. We're going to do what it takes just to win for China. And it's where you get into some of the things we get into. I don't have much actually to add to this because this is a big moment, uh, especially for, you know, in Chinese history. But I feel like there's something bigger that's going to happen or something more, maybe not necessarily another Tiananmen Square, but there's going to be something that's just going to, I, I feel there's still, it's still bubbling here more. There's still more to come. Well, I think there's definitely going to be more because like, look at the makeup of China. It's like not, it's like so much skewed to the male population because of the one child policy and their innate view towards uh, men versus women in China. Yeah. So I think, you know, maybe Xi Jinping knows that something's going to happen sooner or later and they have to give a little now and maybe it'll save them a lot later because there's going to be a bunch of like incels living in China, like <laughs> just a ton of them, like angry incels because they, the population, like, you know, you know, like just think of that. Like, you know, if you've got a billion people, if like, you know, there's only disparity between like, you know, 51% men and 49% women. That's a lot of men, you know, who wouldn't get a woman at that age. Like yeah. at that, you know, age. So, I mean, it's going to be bad. So are incels going to be an issue in China? There's that we were saying, like they're going to have an incel epidemic. Yeah. You know, Japan already has a problem with this, but like China, you know, a very well, I think it already is a problem in China to a certain extent, but everyone's so poor. We're like, you know, it's not that bad, but like once you have a middle class start coming out, then people can afford, you know, more people can afford to live in their basement. Mm -hmm. Then that's going to be a real problem because you're going to see productivity drop and like it'll start killing the social welfare system of China because there's going to be these men who don't feel like working because they'd rather, you know, fuck their anime body pillows and stuff. <laughs> yeah, you actually, know, I, I remember it was funny. I was actually working with a group of Chinese kids on a project uh, for my ISC class. And they all had, you know, anime wallpapers, anime notebooks, anime this, anime that. I'm just like, God, you know, when people joke that anime is a cancer, they're not far off because it is spreading to so many things. And I guess part of our culture and all that, and it's probably something they all enjoy, but it's like, as an American, it doesn't well, it's see a lot culture. of it. It's Japanese. The Chinese That's and Japanese, true. they got some bad blood. Yeah. Yeah, they hate each like, other. Yeah, dude, the, the Japanese, you know, they, they kind of did a lot of really terrible stuff during World War II. And I was even talking to some Chinese people, and they still, like, Never forget. You know, some, some of the newer generation, they kind of let bygones be bygones, but especially the older generation, oh man, they hate them. But mm. I guess the younger generation, they see those like 2D waifus out there and they just get their like little, you know, peepees in a, in a tizzy <laughs> over that, especially since that's probably the closest thing to a actual woman they might get in their entire life. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty pathetic that their culture has now become. Um, that, that has a segment of it that is an insult culture that's growing and next like, so that's going to create lots of problems you know I, I mean you see the radical incels here they start doing you know freaking you know drive-by shootings what are they going to do in china where they don't have guns they're going to do like you know mass uh, samurai you know massacres 
they do the knives. Like, I think there was a knife attack that killed, like, eight people in, like, a kindergarten in China. Yeah, but do week. incels use knives? Aren't they more the type they're going to take, like, their katana and be like, oh, I'm, a, you know, Quantin Tun Hai from the anime Quantin Tata, and they start, like, whacking people's heads off. I don't know, man. They're ch- I don't know. Like, not all of them are, like, into anime. There's there's so many different varieties of incels. It's like, they could have... Diversity is our strength in the incel community. They probably have like a college class somewhere you know you have your like you know like the seething like alt-right sort of incel then you just have like the really beta like brony incel there's what do you think of the beta brony ones do you think they're violent uh yeah i think they're like pedophiles oh okay i think that might i mean i don't know like there's there's a variety and i mean not every incel is a radical one so it's like you know maybe one percent of incels are like really radical but i think you know incel leads to behavior like i think some some of them they might be drawn towards homosexuality since you know it's mm. kind of like a, a self-fulfilling you know prophecy it's like oh i can't get laid with a girl so you know maybe if i find a guy in a fursuit you know, <laughs> we can pretend he's uh you know arctic the sky wolf and you know put a little you know plastic lady bit in there you know there you go. Wait, aren't uh, isn't there a pedophilia problem within furries too? I've heard pedophilia, zoophilia. Yeah, there's like I think twenty. I think I saw a study that said like twenty percent of furries like did not mind people who committed bestiality, and then like five percent or something actually engaged in some form of bestiality. Oh God. So like, there's there's some pretty scary statistics. Now I don't know what China does with that. Like I mean. We need to find like a we need to find like a Chinese guy we can talk to. So I mean, if you're we do you're know one, we do Chinese, know one. Oh shoot, we had to get we had to get him on here. You know, it's Penn State. You know, find some. There's there's a ton of international students. Let's see if we can find one who's familiar with the uh, incel. You know what an incel is and like knows that sort of culture. <laughs> yeah, especially. that would be that'd be interesting because I mean I, I think it's that sort of like. There's a sort of Asian style of incel, and there's like an American style of incel, or maybe a Western and like an Eastern style of incel. I mean, you can have both types. Like you have your anime watching, body pillow having, you know, dreams about banging his sister incel. Then you have like you know the suit, the seething like yeah, the furry incel. Then you have like the seething alt right incel who just becomes like radicalized. Because I think that's what happens in you know the Middle East too. Like a lot of these terrorists, you know. I don't I'm not a um, Are you saying incel not, creates terrorism? Well, no, well not yeah, I think to a certain extent it does cuz like, you know, back in the day a lot of soldiers would go to war because, you know, a lot of them would be like, "Oh yeah, you go to war, you know, chicks, you know, chicks dig the war hero and they'll they'll treat you good and you'll get like this property and stuff." I think like like what was it? I think it was uh I think it was Zimbabwe actually. You know, which there's another story coming out of that I'll talk about later. But uh, there was a whole army over there. Like the the soldiers came back after like going to war, and they like got really they, like I think they had a strike or something because they wanted to get laid. Like mm. just a ton of like ton of ex soldiers like started like rioting and looting and like raping people because like they were told that they would get like women if they served in the army. Well, I think there's another component to that, which is that. When you're, I could be totally wrong. It's just, you know, theorizing here, speculating. But when you're in war, when you're around a bunch of men and there are no women, I think, you know, 
and all, and you're also under stress, you're probably craving so badly to have sex with a beautiful woman because you haven't been exposed to in a long time. You miss it, you love it, and you're in this hellish war. Uh, I've even noticed, like, not to get too personal, but like, it, it's like when you're away from you know your significant other for a long time. You know, when you meet up, you're like, oh my god. I miss you so much. Can't, oh, so glad I'm with like your emotions just rush when, when you see them again. And you know, when you're in war, that just totally, you know, screws up all your emotions. I don't know. Where's our, um, where's our ex subject matter expert on, uh, uh here I am. Here I am. <laughs> well, um, yeah. So, so the military is a little bit crazier, I guess. Uh, you have a lot. You, you, ha you do have extremes. Like with uh, when you go to field exercises or you deploy, there's a lot of that. Uh, uh, there's a lot of extremes. Like it, mm -hmm. uh, you'll, you'll have your few that um, they go, um, well, let's just be in an open relationship while we're deployed. Like you can go and mess around with whoever you want to. So, you know, cause I know you have needs, blah, blah, blah. And, and then you have other, you have other like women, like if it's a woman that gets left behind, uh, um, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of the ones that I knew were like, well, yeah, I'm just gonna fuck around while he's uh, while he's deployed, mm, yeah. and which which is messed up. But yeah. I mean, did you know any incels in the military? I mean, I mean, how do you define an incel, though? Like, well, I don't know how. I I would just use our I mean, basic. I imagine, I imagine there's a lot of soldiers in there who, when they came in, like when they enlisted, they were virgins. Exactly. Time, so I'm not uh, probably yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like if they when they came in, some of them came in, they were virgins, and they likely, I don't know. Could you go to you go to uh, some people? Yeah, I, I knew a couple of people that went to Korea just to find love. <laughs> like they got say they want to find a local Korean girl or something. How'd that work out? <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey. Hey, it does because they like they like uh they like american guys mm. uh, people they love going to same thing people love going to germany or you know they get stationed in germany so they could travel all throughout europe uh i knew um i knew some navy people that had russian wives that they bought from you know they had the mail order they did the mail order thing <laughs> i guess there was like a there's like a website, a big website or something that has it. I'm like, all right, well, whatever floats your boat. Now, Run what it. happens? Like, let's say you're a soldier and you get shipped off to like a country and they end up like paying for sex there. They're like, what if like if in the country it is prostitution's legal? What is the military stance on that? Is that still a violation of some sort of code of conduct or something? Uh, yeah, but I mean they. They kind of have to. They have to catch you essentially in the act. Usually, if you get charged by something, it's like, like something else happened. 
and then oh i was just i just so happened to be with a prostitute that i paid for then oh then i'd probably get charged but like if you're like if you're just if you're just in a hotel room in bangkok and you're like ah well whatever nobody nobody's gonna care like it's like whatever it's your life as long as you don't get a std that forces us to kick you out or nothing then whatever what what stds like is it just like aids and like chlamydia or not chlamydia what stds kick you out it's it's the usual i mean well the um or hepatitis well well, i mean i don't think any of them really truthfully kick you out anymore like with with uh when i was in if you had hiv you could stay in as long as you can still do your job. So, I mean, essentially, I mean, if you, as long as you're taking your medications or whatever, you, as long as it didn't stop you from, you know, passing your PT test or, you know, deploying, you should still be able to have HIV. I mean, and some... In some MOSs, you like in some jobs, you can't have it. You know, you, like if you're working around blood and stuff like that, they they tend to not want that. But I mean, now what? What now? Like, do you feel there is a different like sort of like with the prostitutes? Like, you know, if you're an enlisted person, they probably wouldn't really care unless you know they caught you doing something else. But if you're an officer, they might have they might be a little bit more upset about something like that. I mean. I don't. I I would assume that it'd be depend on the individual, but nobody really. I mean, nobody really talk go. Nobody digs that deep into somebody's personal life that much to where it's like, oh, um, it's a problem or something like that. Unless you you like say you spend all your money. And now you don't have enough to eat or something like that. Cause, and then, then it's known that you're blowing your money on prostitutes or something like that. Then I guess, I guess they'd have to do something, but that's like, I don't know. I've never heard of anything like that. So yeah, that's pretty tough, but yeah. So I, I found the article that uh, from earlier about the Zimbabwe people and like, yeah, that there was an article where uh, Zimbabwe, soldiers demand free sex as reward for removing Mugabe and um, yeah so I guess they have incels in the military but maybe not the US military as much but like definitely in some some third world militaries they have this problem but speaking of Mugabe um, yeah Bobby Mugabe he uh, died the other day mm. 95 years old and may rest in hell mm. He was the uh, dictator of uh, Zimbabwe since uh, Zimbabwe since Rhodesia became Zimbabwe in 1980 until I believe 2017. It was 2017 when Menangawa took over. It was it was pretty recently, mm. but um, yeah, this guy he um, you know I, I guess in terms of African leaders he he was all like you know like native African leaders he's probably all right since he only committed one genocide. But um, yeah, he was a pretty terrible person. He he turned what used to be one of the uh, it was it it was pretty much a first world country, and then he turned it into 
one of the worst like countries in the world like they have the roads are like it used to have like highways and such and now it's like just it's worse than like west virginia over there you know there's like potholes that have zip codes and you know they have um just just a ton of problems over there like aids is like a, like a complete pandemic in that country like i think they have like a 90 percent unemployment rate so it's not a very good place to visit and like there's just rampant corruption over there but um yeah so so that guy died but mm-hmm. yeah he was he was a bad person doesn't really no, no met no missing that fucker yeah yeah he um yeah it's like south like sub-saharan africa they just don't have any luck with like good like african leaders like you know black african leaders like they really don't like at least like south africa and zimbabwe and a lot of the other places too they you know there's not really too much goodness going on over there because they keep they're just like incredibly corrupt because like before zimbabwe became zimbabwe uh, ian smith was prime minister of that country and he uh it it was funny because he actually drove a more modest car than mugabe did when he took over because he ended up like buying all sorts of luxury shit selling you know basically sold the country out to china like chinese investment in that country you know investments in air quotes is pretty much just colonization 2.0 you know they're they're just like they basically bought the country from mugabe and they were known as having uh, i think one most highly inflated currencies in existence it was like you could get like five trillion zimbabwe dollars for like five bucks you know i wish i wish i had one of those just laying around so i could say hey i'm a billionaire but um yeah so that's kind of interesting what happened with that and i mean it was a south africa really wasn't any better either they had that one guy who like think he raped someone and then he said and the person that he raped had aids and he said he wouldn't get aids because he took a shower afterwards and he claimed that she was asking for it because he was a proud zulu man and she wore like a skirt so you you got some really just bizarre ideas like in in these countries like they like aids is such an epidemic over there they they don't even know what the hell they're talking about like they think you can like use like witch doctor shit or like wash off after you engage Mm -hmm. in in sexual activity or before you engage Mm -hmm. they'll prevent you from getting aids but yeah that's pretty pretty tough man (laughs) stop having sex with monkeys yeah, like, I wonder how that came out. Like, you know, the Russians, they, they were actually caught, like, back in the Soviet, Soviet times. They disseminated a conspiracy theory that the U.S. government created AIDS to, like, get back against, like, the black and gay community. And, like, a lot of people still believe that, that this was invented by the U.S. government. But, like, I don't know. Like, I, honestly, like, it pro- like someone probably was engaged in uh, monkey buggery, I, I imagine. But... Mm. You know, it could have came for vaccine. Like, honestly, like, yeah, I might sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I wouldn't be too surprised if it was, like, some, like, like prototype vaccine or something. Because, like, there was, there's one disorder, and this is one that a lot of anti- and, I, and I'm not, so I, I get my vaccines, you know, whenever I need to get my vaccines. But, like, mm-hmm. it was, like, simian virus 50. It was in the old polio vaccine. And, like, I think millions of people end up having that virus since 
it's a very strange virus because like you know it's a monkey born illness and uh, it doesn't really do anything but it makes you like significantly more susceptible to a certain type of cancer mm-hmm. so that's you know there's a little bit of truth in every you know in a lot of these conspiracy theories maybe not every conspiracy theory but you know a lot of them that's why I think, like, you know, there should be, dis- like, we shouldn't just forbid discussion about certain things. Like, you know, I, I I believe in vaccinating kids, but, you know, I think we should probably space them out. I don't think it causes autism, but I don't think, like, injecting a bunch of, like, chemicals at once to a kid is necessarily the greatest idea. You know, like, when you inject anything into your blood, there's chances of bad stuff happening. Like, you know, even if you inject yeah. air into blood, you know, you'll, you'll yeah. die pretty quickly from that. Yeah. You inject blood into blood and it has the wrong levels of like salt in there, you know, you can end up dehydrating. You know, yeah. it can kill you. Like you inject the wrong type of blood too, that'll kill you. It's like yeah. you know, it's yeah. a lot of a lot of big brain stuff to mull over. But. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I I think I think it's something that you continuously have to have discussions about. Like uh I, I don't know. I I I always I thought about what you said and I, it, it made me think of like the uh the Dallas Buyers Club when like the AIDS did you have you seen the movie? No, I haven't seen that movie. Can you what's what's the uh, so so when when the whole AIDS the when the AIDS epidemic was slowly starting to pick up in, in like the early eighties, they had uh the government started uh uh started endorsing uh AZT as the medication uh the medication to help fight it but it was but in reality it was actually like killing people faster Oof. uh yeah so I guess, well, you know, that's that could be really screwed up. What if they knew this and they're giving it to them so that it'll save money in medical costs? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you get into the whole discussion. Well, like, well, were they in bed? Like, were, were the, was the government in bed with that particular pharmaceutical company? Like, what, you know, for them to just flat out endorse this thing? And, and they were trying to shut down. Uh, so, so, so the, the guy who was played by Matthew McConaughey in that movie, he started, uh, he started getting a whole like a whole bunch of like vitamins, you know, other stuff that he knew that worked other than AZT. So, and he started, you know, giving it via membership, and the government continued to try to shut it down. Yeah, so there was like an ongoing legal battle, and he ended up. Like the doctor, he, like he was on the medications himself, and it was like the the doctor said he had like six, like six months or less to live, and he ended up living like I want to say six to nine years after that, like taking not taking the AZT, and you know, it's just like yeah, I I mean we always have to question, always have to question what somebody, you know, feeds us, but like. That's another thing. That's another thing too. Like this is this is another thing where like I the liberals have kind of ran away from themselves. 
Like they were, they used to be the party, the free speech, you know, free speech party, the, you know, um, question everything. Um, but, but now it's like, you know, they're, they're like the anti, yeah, they're, they're the ones that are clamping down on speech. They're the ones that are clamping down on, uh, everything else. And it's like, geez, what a, it's fucking 1984 here. Well, you know what started this whole thing of like you can't question certain things. Yeah. So it all started out when like back after World War II, I think it was like maybe in the 60s, maybe in the 80s, like you started seeing these countries start making it legal to question if the Holocaust was real. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most people would agree with that. And it's like, oh yeah, that sounds like a good idea. But it's it started escalating slowly from that. Then it was like you cannot deny that like this many people died or that many people died. And then it's like if you try to go like downplay anything, that's not a crime. And then from there they were like, Oh, we can start saying, you know, it's illegal to deny other things. And it's just like what started as, you know, the noblest of intentions stopped you from basically harassing like Holocaust survivors. It just kept escalating further and further to the point where it's like if you i think in like was in facebook if you like you can't even have anti-vax groups like you can't discuss certain things like it, it just it just it just grew and that's the thing with the left like that a lot of times they have a lot of ideas that sound you know like initially they sound pretty good but then it ends up like going just terribly like like look at unions like unions, like the idea yeah. that workers can go and like unite to protect them from like management that are like utterly just out to kill them and like, well, not kill them, but like out to, you know, make them work 12 hour days and have child laborers and all this, you know, you, yeah, like on paper. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. Like, you know, prevent child labor from being exploited, prevent people from like not getting shit, not getting paid overtime, forced to like work 24-hour shifts and shit your pants, mm-hmm. not being allowed bathroom breaks. Yeah, that, that sounds like, you know, a good idea to have something to protect against that. But then, you know, unions, they would slowly get, you know, more radical over time. Well, they have to. I mean, for, for unions, they have to, because once you, once you get the, once you get those labor agreements, once they're in place and they have everything, everything that they've asked for now you have to get radical or else well what's the point of you even existing yeah like it becomes yeah that becomes a problem after a while and then it like it ends up becoming so much more ridiculous and it's like oh well you can't fire a teacher who had sex with a student until like you know you conduct like a year-long investigation then she starts to get paid for all of this and like it it just keeps getting like more radical to the point where like people you know companies will just try to you know, they'll either try to outsource because they can't, you know, cost them so much money to maintain the unions, jobs will be gone completely. And so it becomes like counterintuitive because it doesn't help the, it doesn't help the worker when their jobs are. I believe tenure is the worst thing ever invented. Yeah. In the the teaching profession. Anyway, like I, I just, like, I, I don't, you shouldn't have to have tenure and then like, I can't, like that it, it it takes an act of god just to fire you like no you you it needs to be a job like yeah you do your job and you're fine but if you suck at it i should be able to get rid of you yeah every, like no other industry other than like education 
to my knowledge, like, you know, it, maybe they have it like somewhere else, but it's like extremely rare outside of education. And like, it's, it's in state laws. Like I think Pennsylvania, you know, they have tenure at least at all public institutions. And that's why like a lot of people are going to charter schools. Cause like you get some teachers out of tenure and like, unless a, the teacher beats the child or something, you know, they can't be let go. I mean, that's, it, was it Penn State? Uh, Penn State had a problem with that too. Like at Penn State York, I had this. There, well, I didn't have this teacher, but like everyone knew about them. I forget what they taught, but uh, maybe in like a science or an engineering class, and they'd go and basically start out the class and read, and basically read the uh, negative comments that people put in the student ratings of teacher effectiveness. And he's like, oh, "I have tenure, so this isn't going to matter shit." And they would, and he would just laugh about that, and he'd treat them like shit if they gave them bad, like if the previous class gave them bad reviews. But um, yeah, yeah. So you tenure, you know, like no matter, like I know at main campus a bit better with that. Like if if the professor just like doesn't want to teach or like he gets significantly bad reviews, they'll move him over to like research. But still, it, it's just like a system that's been so so abused by so many different people. I just feel that, you know, no, like job security is good, but that level, like it, it, we don't really need job security like we did back in the day. Cause like, you know, there's so many different jobs out there. You can go and look online. You need like a lot of industries, like especially tech people stay in a company. They won't stay in a company for the rest of their life. So like leave like for three, between like three and five years after when they're going to a different company. Cause they know that like, you can get paid, you'll get like usually 10% at least like bonus, you know, raise and you usually get a bonus if you do that. Mm -hmm. But well, no, I think the, the teachers union is part why people like Jerry Sandusky are still getting a retirement in jail. Like, yeah, that's exactly why it's a fucking union. That makes me sick. Like, like knowing that this dude diddled so many children, and he's spending the rest of his life in jail, but he's still getting a freaking pension. Well, you know, they should go. To, they should have, like, with the law. Like, one, they should have gave him the death penalty. You know, that would that absolutely would that right quick. And two, yes, you know, that, that's why I I'd support the death penalty in certain case in like in a, in a lot of like in egregious cases like rapists, mass murderers, stuff like that. But number two, I feel that like you know if they did give him his retirement, it should all be taken and given to the victims. They should have gave the victims like a several like, you know, like say that Sandusky owed them like several like billion dollars, so that for the rest or like several million, whatever. Whatever he would make, like if he lived to like 120 years old, so that he would never get a cent on that, it would automatically be taken from his pension. Oh, but they can't touch the pension either. Well, I think, like, if you get sued, I think they can take that. Right? Uh, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I think because pension, because I think the pension is uh, because you were you remember. Um, you remember when OJ Simpson got out of prison? right mm -hmm. yeah and ron goldman was like like so he uh oj simpson was getting a pension from the nfl and he was getting a retirement from the nfl and the and they were saying that wrought the ron goldman's family after suing him for like 33 million dollars or something like that 
they tried they they tried to get his pension and they couldn't touch it because it's a retirement like it's some sort of retire there's some sort of uh not sure what what law there is or something like that so yeah he's yeah we're yeah that's strange but i think if like you have a kid you know if, i think they can take it out like if for child they could probably yeah so so there's only some things that i think could do it like taxes i think for tax purposes well, of course and they maybe, always take their money yeah um <laughs> Yeah, and then I don't I don't know. I I don't know what I don't know what the deal is with that. But no, I was reading I was reading that right when OJ Simpson like got out of prison. I was like, "Wow." So basically, and he was in for a long time, so he was able to keep a pretty large chunk of that retirement. And so he could live pretty decently. Like you think somebody that's in debt like 15 plus million you'd be like they might be not be living too comfortably but like no now feel he's doing a okay well the thing with oj too is i think that i thought he he won the uh case but he lost the civil case and i think that might be won the won the criminal case right so he's found not guilty on the criminal case uh lost the civil suit so then he had to like sell pretty much everything he had or auction it off and that was pretty that was pretty nasty and then you know he were it this this jail spell the last jail spell he went to was like he 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 tried to i think it was robbery he tried to go to a sports memorabilia store and take some of his old shit back or whatever but yeah hmm yeah, that's crazy. But uh, man, what are you yeah. saying, uh, Mr. Dexter or Sean or whatever you call <laughs> I have so many names, so many identities, but they're all me. Uh, today, I wanted to talk about something that happened about three days ago, uh, at the time we recorded this, in terms of Brexit news, because there's been a lot of, I would just say, you know, a lot of attempts to stop Brexit from happening. And even though Boris Johnson, who's the now Prime Minister of Britain, is you is a strong Brexiteer and is pushing to make it happen, well, that means there's going to be stronger opposition. So what happened this week? I'm just it, for Americans out there, which is most of our audience, I'm going to explain this as best as possible. I'm going to read the beginning of a New York Times article on this because it's a lot of details and it's kind of confusing. So bear with me. So the New York Times said the quote. Prime Minister Boris Johnson was battered again on Wednesday as lawmakers from his own party and the opposition press had to stop his plan for leaving the European Union without an agreement and then turned down his call for an election. So basically, they stopped his idea of leaving the EU with an agreement, a trade agreement or some sort of deal, you know, it's, and also stopped him from starting another election. But as the article goes on to say, quote, by the end of another tumultuous day in Parliament, Mr. Johnson's government has been shred by no, uh, no fewer than three defeats. After opposition and revelatory lawmakers seized control of the Brexit process from Mr. Johnson on Tuesday, they doubled down on Wednesday by advancing a bill to block a withdrawal from the European Union without a deal. Then just hours later, they rejected Mr. Johnson's request for a snap election, at least until their no-deal Brexit measure becomes the law of the land. Mr. Johnson's bid for a quick re-election drew 209 votes in favor, 
and fell short of the two thirds needed. Um, but unquote, that's basically what you know they're saying has happened. And now the idea of an election is still, you know, possible. And I don't know what what that would mean to be honest with that. I, mean, I think he's trying to get. I think why Boris wants an election is to get more Tories out and to get more Brexit Party or more Conservatives in. And I don't know if he'd get that. I mean, I don't know British politics well enough, but that's, I think, his plan. What do you guys think? I wonder if, like, he basically, like, I wonder if he could just, like, talk to you and be like, yo, you're fuck you, EU. You hit your guts. And, like, get them to just, like, remove Britain from <laughs> yeah. that way. Like, without even having to go through Parliament because they get kicked out. <laughs> that would be the ultimate strategy. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think it's possible, but it would be hilarious. He just goes to EU building, pulls down his pants, takes a big dump right on their fucking front door. And then he just goes home smiling, like, yes! No, but I I think what he's doing is, um, yeah, I I think he's he's got a good plan. I hope he he works. I hope it works like that, but like, you know, the E, the, you know, British Parliament, they're just dragging their feet so long with this. Yeah. You know, they're making themselves look weak. Like, you know, when, when did they declare Brexit? Like 2014 or something? Like it's 2015 or 16. Yeah, it's been like several years. Like, come on, guys, just just do it. It's like, you know, they're being It was June 23rd, 2016. Yep. They're delaying the inevitable. Like, what? What do they expect? Like 50 years from now? It's just like, oh, yeah, we're, we'll still get it done. Hmm. You know, by that point, like all the other countries are going to be gone. Like, well, I think Italy and like a bunch of other, like, you know, Poland and stuff, they're talking about leaving the EU. Yeah. Like, I think maybe Greece. But like, they're yeah. starting to, you know, wake up to this because of, you know, at least they did that, you know, they had that referendum on there. And here's the thing, you know, you know, government leaders, if you don't want to do something, don't have a referendum on it. Yeah. You know, that's, that, that's pretty common sense. You know, there's no point to doing that well, if you know you're not going to have the balls to do yeah. it. Yeah, there well, could I mean, have been pro- arrogance. I, I, I'm, ass- I'm assuming the problem is like the majority of the people want to do it, but like you need two, you need two thirds of a vote mm-hmm. to do it. I don't think, nothing and you're not going to get. And the problem is, you're you're probably never going to get two thirds of the vote well, to no, make that it happen. It. I don't think that was the problem. I think the no. problem was the majority of the people wanted it, but the majority of the politicians don't. Exactly. That is exactly right. Uh, yes, because okay. Brexit won with a substantial uh, portion of the vote by the people, and it should have happened, but the politicians, it's kind of like, to think of it in American context, think how we have our establishment and our anti-establishment. We have our Trump versus everyone else you know, in both parties. I, that's what they have in Britain, I think, is the same problem. And, you know, Boris is, the, you know, because Theresa May was a conservative and yet she didn't want Brexit to happen. Boris is a conservative, but he wants Brexit to happen. And I, I, they're doing like, they're pulling out all the stops they can to prevent the, from Britain from leaving the EU. And so Boris has to kind of, you know, circumvent all these things and find out a way to do it. I, I think it's still inevitable for them to leave the EU it's just, you know, they're going to, the Tories and the socialists are going to still keep fighting to stop that. And I think 
the, where this backfires on their plans, I think this is going to get people more pissed off because the Brexit party sweep the elections. Nigel Farage is a rock star. He's their, you know, he's the main figure. He's the face of Brexit. And he's got to stick around longer. He's got to stick around as the face of Brexit to keep this thing going and to keep the people rallied behind him. And as long as he does that, I think you're going to get more pissed off people that want this thing to happen and they're going to, they might win some more seats to secure that two thirds. So I think is the route it sounds like they have to go through. Now, what was up with that too? Like when Nigel Farage, like he just abruptly left the, like what was it, Brexit party as soon as they won? Yeah. Well, see, I'm I'm not going to lie. I, I initially thought that it was, you know, him just saying, okay, I got what I want, so I'm going to leave now. You know, it seems like a pretty noble thing to not stay in power and get corrupted by it. But didn't he anticipate that he'd have to keep fighting for this? Like, this wasn't the end. This was just the first major battle. This wasn't the end of the war. I don't know. I honestly don't know. He just wanted to be the spokesman for Brexit. But then I guess, you know, once he was there, you know, maybe just want someone else to go and, like, figure out how to do all the non-Brexit things. Well, see, yeah. I'm confused now because of that, because I think maybe because he's originally, I think, just a banker that became a politician. So he might not know how to do some of these things. I don't know. And he wants to leave to somebody else, which is understandable. But I, I just I don't know. I honestly don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder, I wonder what's going to happen with Britain. They've they've had a bit of an interesting uh, situation. Yeah, you know, like now their whole country is kind of had some problems lately like was well, so there was just like an outrageous amount of stabbing like deaths going on over there and they, yeah you know they already banned guns years ago and now they're like banning knives yeah like, it's so cringe like looking at those like little anti-knife things it's like save a life been a knife <laughs> what? Like, you have to be 20 you have to be like 18 to go and buy spoons yeah and, yeah like, and then butter knives yeah that's that's ridiculous like I'm surprised they don't ban like knife sharpeners over there. They probably regulate them to heck. Got to get a license for that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Britain is such a funny country in so many ways, and you know, there. Like I remember, even the Jeremy Clarkson from Top Gear and the Grand Tour tweeted out like he said, "Sadiq Khan, you fucked up London." I think was his exact quote. And it's true, and he mentions the knife crime, and it's really, really bad. It sounds like it's like an epidemic there. That's, you know, people think we have this epidemic of shootings in America. I think the epidemic of knife crimes is way more significant in Britain and way worse, and people are feeling it more. London, London is why you don't ban guns. Mm-hmm. That is the that is the number one reason why you don't ban guns, right? You ban guns, like look at London, right? Oh, they have they have, they don't they don't have very many gun deaths, but everything everything else is sky high: robberies, muggings, theft, rape, sexual assault, like uh, everything. Literally, every statistic is 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 up, mm-hmm. right? Everything is up, oh, yeah. and I'm sorry, Alex. Now, the number of, like, burglaries when people are in their house is, like, way higher than the United States. Yes. Gonna, no one's going to shoot them or stab them. So it's right. just, like, and that's scary because, like, you know, yes. they're, they're not, they could beat the shit out of you. They could, like, rape you, rape your right. kid. I'd rather, you know, have, 
you know, a lot more gun, like more gun deaths, more deaths in general than like have people like go into my house. I like, agree. Where yeah. that can happen, where people can go out to the street and they acid attack, like throw acid in your face, like stab you and like, geez, like I'd rather be shot than stabbed. You know, if, if I'm going to die from, if, if I know I'm going to die, I'd rather be shot than stabbed. Cause like, if you've been stabbed before, it, it's not fun. It's painful, I hear. You know, it's, it's, it's really painful. But what were you saying, Phil? No, I was I was agreeing with you. I was like like I can't I can't imagine New York or even like and and crime's already bad in like San Jose, Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, all these places. Imagine if there's no guns, right? If there's no guns, like it's getting worse. It's getting worse. Mm -hmm. And like all these uh, all these other cities are going to get into Chicago territory. Is it not like I like the, this the anti-gun argument is as stupid as it ever was, but yeah, and here's the thing lying. too. If you have a like if you're trying to protect yourself, a gun's the best thing you can use to protect yourself for the most part, again, especially these type of things because Let's say you have a knife. That means you have to get close to the big scary burglar and try to stab him. That's dangerous. But if you have a gun, you can be away from him. Bang, he's down. Bang, he's down. You don't have to be strong. You don't have to be quick. I mean, you kind of do have to be quick, but you get my point. You don't have to, like, you know, try to go after him in a, uh, you know, with a knife. Hope you stab him without getting stabbed yourself. Whereas with a, nut, a gun, yeah, you do need some basic training to be safe with a gun, know how to use it. But you don't have to run towards the danger to take out the danger. You can be away from the danger, bang, take him out. So a gun... Well, if a guy has like a bigger knife, you know, what if he has like a, yeah. a long... What if he has like a stick, like a like a tire iron, then you know your knife is you that much. You need a sword. What <laughs> a katana. You know, he that argument versus you just get a gun and it's like, you know, I don't care if you're wearing like a suit of night armor, you're still going to be shot. You'll yeah. still go through unless you're wearing like, you know, like 13 inch like steel plates. And at which point, you know, you want, it wouldn't be that fast because unless you're like Arnold Schwarzenegger on like meth, you're not going to be carrying that very, <laughs> very speedy, like a 13 inch plate suit if you can even move. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing too is, uh, uh, you know, a gun has a more sure way of taking him down. It's more guaranteed you're going to take this guy down if you shoot him. You just stab him like it's, you, he might still come after you. You know, it's not as, con you know... Uh, uh, well, I mean, you could continuously stab the guy, but then, you know... And then that becomes a whole another like, legal liability. Mm-hmm. At least, like, you're better off just shooting something. Because then like, oh, well... It ends up becoming, like, when it goes to law. I just shot him once versus like, oh, I stabbed him like 17 times. And then like, if you have a shitty like lawyer to defend yourself, you know, they could be like, oh, well, he was trying to torture him. You know, did you see the, the twist or whatever? It's just, you know, why deal with that? Yeah. But uh, speaking of guns, uh, in the news, Walmart is saying that they're not going to sell, uh, they're not selling pistols in Alaska, which is the only place they sell pistols. And they're not selling pistol ammo anywhere, and they're not selling uh, certain rifle ammo like uh, 556 NATO and uh, 762 by 39 millimeter ammunition. Hmm. So, what does that mean as somebody that doesn't know a lot about guns? 
So they're not selling pistol ammunition and ammunition for rifles are commonly associated with the AR-15 okay. and, uh, and the AK-47. You know, they're probably not selling the AK-74 platform ammo either. So are they thinking so, now, if we can't ban the guns, let's ban the ammo. Let's ban the thing that enables guns. Like, they're still selling, like, you know, other ammunition. Like, honestly, like, the pistol ammo, that doesn't even make any sense because they're doing this over mass shootings. Like, very few of them contain pistols. And, like, there's so many cases of pistols. Like, that's the most commonly used firearm for self-defense. Mm -hmm. It's a pistol. Like, you know, if you're walking around town, you know, you're, you're more likely to be carrying a pistol concealed or even open versus, like, carrying a rifle because if you're carrying a rifle and you're not in, like, you know, the boonies, you know, right now public perception doesn't like that. And and they also banned uh, open carrying of firearms in uh, Walmart and a couple other stores, well, like CVS and uh, some other cuckold stores. <laughs> uh, I, I never really cared too much for CVS. Their shit's overpriced. Like I, and then they like, I'm surprised environmentalists haven't gone after have you ever seen the receipts from a CVS? Oh pharmacy? my god, they're like a mile long when you buy one lotion bottle. It's ridiculous. I don't know why receipts have to be so long. Anywhere you go, yeah, CVS is the worst contender. But everywhere you go, these receipts have to be a mile long of so much stuff. It's like, What's, for example, even CVS when I go... Is far above the worst I've ever seen. Like, I, yeah. I literally bought a gummy bear in, like, a little package thing. I was just trying to find the cheapest thing so I could park there. And then they print out the receipt, and it weighed more than what I bought. <laughs> I'm kidding. It was ridiculous. <laughs> well, you know what's so okay. stupid? They do this at my grocery store. I don't know if they they probably do it at CVS. When you let's say get um ten uh yogurts, so you get ten of the exact same yogurt, they'll ring every one of them up. Why don't they just do that yogurt and then times ten? It'd be so much simpler. Uh, well, I know that's not even the thing with CVS. It's like all these stupid deals that come out. That's the only way that this store is even like economical to go to. It's like, hey, you earned this many CVS points, or hey, you know, yeah. next time you shop here, you'll get, you know, this and that. Like, dude, just email it. Like, you know, if I already have, I already use my damn thing, and don't print out like a book. <laughs> I don't need to get like you know a Harry Potter sized book of CVS receipts every time I try to buy like one item. Yes. But see, their 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 thought is, well, if we give them these deals, they'll come back. But here's the thing: what do you do with that receipt the minute you get home? Throw in the trash. Exactly. It goes in, it goes in the garbage, and guess what? You know, environment. <laughs> that's a tree that's getting burnt. You know, a tree that got cut down. You know, for CVS's mile-long receipts. The problem that kills more. You know, they could probably find some sort of people to print out these damn receipts than it does to, like, cons like carry a gun into the store. Yeah. And they're probably right about that. But they actually just study on, like, you know, whatever <laughs> climate scientist does that, because, like, all of this is virtue signaling. But honestly, I think Walmart's decision now actually help out the gun community in the long run, as it would help the local gun store and the gun specialty store. Because, like, Walmart, you know, they're, they're just a pretty shitty corporation in general. Like, I mean, yeah, Amazon's well... Here's the thing that I don't get about the Walmart decision. Aren't Walmarts mostly in middle of America where people that have guns live? Aren't those people going to be pissed off? Uh, I mean, hopefully they're not shopping at Walmart anyway because, like, they don't really have anything that great over there. Like, no. I've, I've looked at it. It's kind of like shit guns and muzzle loaders. 
Like yeah, that's the thing. Who buys a gun at Walmart? That's the other thing. Yeah, like I I wouldn't do that. Like they have gun specialties. You know, we used to have Gander Mountain, but like I just discovered this place, you know, Rural King. It's like it is like the redneck Walmart. Mm-hmm. You know, they got like everything there, like hardware, they got guns, they have um they have like sundries and whatnot. Well, I wouldn't you know? be surprised if Walmart made this decision because they don't sell many guns or they don't sell a lot of these particular guns or something or ammo. So they're like, oh, if we ban it, we'll look good. We'll look like we care, even though we're not doing anything. I think it's probably one big virtue signal because that's how these companies think. They don't think, gee, how can I... For example, I always use Dove as the example. They always have this, or not Dove, but the hand soap company i forget which one's called but they always put on their soap thing oh we're the soap that was used to save the little duckies that were in the oil spills we we care it's like no you don't i know you don't you're just using that to sell more soap if you really cared you would give the oil spill people your soap and you wouldn't advertise it if you're advertising it it's because you don't care and you want to use it to sell more soap (laughs) you know it's pretty simple that's that's why they do. It's like virtue signaling. Like every yeah, virtue signaling, so, advertising. Like Walmart knows that, like you know, the left has years. It's like, oh well, see, we care about gun violence now. Even though, I mean, I think they sold a decent bit of ammunition. I mean, to be honest, like I've gone there before, but honestly, like because that, like back in my old town, the local gun store, pretty bad prices. Yeah. But honestly, you know, I just order my stuff online now because thankfully in PA you can still do that. And yeah. You get so much better deals off the internet. So much better deals shipped right to your door. Boom. Like just bulk ammo. And like, you know, the left, they're trying to ban that too. Like in certain you can't do that. Mm-hmm. But like you have to ship it to a gun store. Mm-hmm. And that, like, that just kind of pisses me off because they're like trying to go and keep a, you know, constitutionally protected right you know into the basically 20th century they're not laying it mature they're not laying it like progress and get better and more efficient. not very progressive you can order all sorts of shit right to your doorstep you can order pizza you can order steak you can order mcdonald's you can order car parts you know you can order shit off a of wish which you know contains tons of like legally ambiguous and or flat out illegal items so you can order a laser pen that can like set shit on fire from like wish, <laughs> you know, like these pop, like I've seen videos, like people just buy this stuff from China. Cause like I've seen them advertise before they were advertising like adult toys on <laughs> wish. And they advertised like, what was it? They advertised like a claymore. They advertised a what? Yeah. Like a explosive. D- I don't know what, if it actually would be that device might just be a shell for it, but still that's a little bit you know, weird. That's just mm. advertising on Facebook too. I've seen it before. They're selling like illegal suppress, like suppressors, like which you're not supposed to be able to buy it through the mail. That, mm. That's highly regulated in the United States. And they're selling um, like fully automatic kits for uh, Glock pistols to turn into a automatic weapon. Off Jesus Christ! And they just ship it in from China. Like they don't give a shit. It's a huge. <laughs> it's probably. Probably contains like trace of fentanyl. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Because it, I don't know how they're saying this stuff through. That's what I'm wondering. But, how is it getting through? Aren't you not allowed to sell this stuff online in America? Yeah, you're not supposed to sell suppressors. Online. I don't know, but like the lasers, they're they're highly like 
for them to like you can own it you can possess it but you can't buy it like if it's more than like three megawatts or something and they sell ones that are like 50 whatever whatever it is i don't know if it's megawatts or kilowatts whatever it is but mm. like you're not supposed to be able to buy shit that can blind you yeah and yeah. sold as like a recreational laser pen and these yeah. ones can set things on fire blind you you know it could potentially disrupt like airplanes if you like shoot it at it <laughs> like flat out stuff that should not be legal but is sold by china over here but you know let, let's just uh, let's let's ban you know certain ammo from walmart that's really gonna put a dent in people getting ammo yeah you know all it is it's gonna get people to go to their local gun store and if that doesn't exist then it'll get people to buy online so they'll get a better deal anyways yeah yeah i feel the same way stupid don't ban guns ban long receipts that's what i say <laughs> but uh yeah kind of speaking of that though like you know having to buy stuff online like wonder if one day they'll go on your social credit score because i discovered this website mylife.com mm. and um that, that's a very scary website cause it has a more or less social credit score and it said i was married <laughs> yeah like, like i looked i might i'm not even on thankfully but like uh you know you're you're on there and it has blatantly false information. Yeah. You know, saying that, I mean, yours was actually pretty, said you were married and had like a network between like, what was it like? It was like $500,000 or something, which is significantly higher. I imagine what it currently is. But <laughs> I um, make you know, only it, a few dollars for five hours a week. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just blatantly wrong. And then they'll like say, Hey, this person has bad stuff on here. Then you click to find out they want money. You know, they'll want money for that. Well, they All might. The I wonder if the stuff they show you is total BS. And then once you join, they're like, oh, actually, we were just showing you what could it be there. And there's actually nothing. I don't know. But, like, you can't really take your site either. Like, they say on there they won't really do that. Yeah, they say they won't. But I mean... The stuff I was reading, just uh, first of all, I was surprised I was on there. But the stuff reading about me was insane. Like, I'm married and have kids. I'm like, no, I hate kids. And two, I'm not married. I haven't had any relationships with any girl for 21 years. It's only been seven months. How did they just jump to that real quick? Unless uh, somebody's had kids and isn't telling me, but I don't think so. You're not even, yeah, you're not even married to this person. So, like, not I don't yet. know how it's getting this information. Yeah. Like maybe maybe you have to go and check your credit score. Maybe someone stole your identity. Oh God. Oh no. Well, I mean, if they didn't steal your identity and they said that you have that high of net worth, I'd be like, oh yeah, you can keep it for a little <laughs> yeah. longer. Yeah. I'm like, give it back to me, but just just not yet. Just hold on a bit. You know. <laughs> Take your time. It's no rush. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, like, uh, that does get scary because what if, like, if there's somebody I hate and I could just, like, be them and say, oh yeah, I'm a so and so and I have a t this cred score and uh, uh, I have a criminal record and all these other things. You know, it can be easily abused and I mean. What's stopping an employer from going on there? Because I think it says, you know, you can't, yeah, as an employer, you're not allowed to do this. What's stopping them from Oh, they're still going to deal with it. I mean, I don't know what services they actually use. That's what I would want to know. But if that's out there, that means they can use it. And they would be dumb not to use one of these background check services. Yeah, like they'll, they'll look up on there and they'll be like, oh, this guy has a bad score. I mean, not right now. I mean, the next 10 years. 
with my life or a service like that and be like, oh yeah, well, there's bad stuff on here. You know, maybe we need to uh, find a reason to not hire him. Yeah, exactly. You know, just, just little things like that. And then maybe like, you know, back to the red flag laws we talked about before. Like, what if it's like, oh, this guy has a negative score. He's trying to buy a gun. You know, yeah. maybe we should deny him over that. that that's that's going to be the future, I feel. Like, you know, maybe I'll find comments or something in the future on like Facebook. So that we're like, negatively viewed by like an ai algorithm it's like okay well this guy's a potential risk over here because i'm sure facebook probably has an even more powerful version yeah and facebook i saw in the news recently they now have a dating service did you see that oh i didn't see that yeah it's called facebook dating i I I thought they had for a while i mean obviously i don't need to look into this but i of course saw it and it's facebook dating um and I don't know what's different about it, but it's now available in America. And it's their way of, I guess, harvesting more information out of you. Yay. To find out what kinks you like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, then they sell that information online. Yeah, like tell other people about it. I sent to your employer for an extra $10. Yeah, they find out oh, if you're like a closet furry. He likes, he's, a, he's a furry. He likes to wear diapers. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. Stuff. That's fucking scary. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's honestly when I was yeah. using dating backs at uh, apps back in the day, I was kind of worried. I was like, shoot, like they're collecting a lot of information about me. Like they could, if they sold this to the right people, they could use it against me to manipulate me. Yeah, well, if like you know, we have some guy right now who's using, it, and then like they end up going to be a presidential candidate one day, and then like you know, we find out in the debate or something, or CNN <laughs> if they're still around, which it probably won't be. They're going to write like an expose and it's like, oh, did you know that he, at, when he was 20, you know, five presidential candidate, Bob, the builder was <laughs> in, shoving Legos up his ass. <laughs> yeah. That's what Bob, the builder would be doing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, beyond there somewhere, like that's scary to be like, you know, right now it's like, oh, candidate, like, um, uh, you know, Beavis, he was on, uh, you know, we found him on Grinder over here and he was, you know, taking, I don't know, meth or something at raves. I don't know. But like, oh, so he's just... relatable. <laughs> if he's on Grinder, he's relatable to the people. <laughs> right? He's it's like, so progressive. it's so progressive. It, it, well, see, here's that's the thing, too. I think we'll get to a point where. You know, people, because we're in an age of cancel culture right now where if we find one tweet about you, your life's over, you know, a tweet we don't like. But we might get to a point where people are going to be like, everybody's going to have this sort of shit on them. When they see a presidential candidate that was like sliding into DMs with some like e-thought and being like, you know, flirting with them or saying like, oh, you're uh, stop flirting with me or stop doing this or whatever people do in DMs with e-thoughts. They might buy a group of Delfina's bathwater. <laughs> yeah, or ask for their premium Snapchat. People are just going to be like, he's one of us. I did that back in my day at college. And now I think people won't, it will at first be like a big, oh my God, this is a serious thing. And then it'll become, oh gee, we all kind of did that. It, you know, it, it'll become one of those things, I think. Yeah, like maybe in the future, yeah, people just be so used to it. Like you end up finding this guy who's like, oh, you saying racist tweets? And, oh, I don't even care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even care anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't who gives a shit? I did too, is what the employer will say. Yeah, 
Yeah, like maybe they'll just maybe in the future they'll just get rid of human resource departments, and then you <laughs> won't have to worry about these issues. <laughs> maybe like AI will take their jobs, which you know I That'll really happen. hate AI, but you know I think I hate HR more than AI. <laughs> If there's Please two, if there is a two-letter thing you hate more than HR, it's AI. <laughs> I don't know. I think the ops like AI. That's that's not good, but HR. Is, well, they're gonna like use the problem. AI to like vet people. They're gonna be like, oh, this the AI found you said this, this, and this on Facebook about black people. You said this, this, and this uh, about the gays, or this, this, and this, and then that's how they'll come across, and they won't look at the context. Or maybe they will. I don't know. It can be scary. I think that's what they're doing right now but i think eventually they'll just be like oh yeah instead of paying like this whole department that like and honestly like you know i've worked in businesses before and they don't like human resources they just make like things if if it was an ideal world we really wouldn't need them it just creates a whole level of administrative bureaucracy every yeah it makes everything grind to a halt and it makes retention in a lot of cases more difficult because like you know everything has to be oh well you know, you can't be doing this, you know, you can't be giving people this because that might look bad or, you know, that's, you know, you can't be doing that because we aren't doing that over on this department. It just creates a whole lot of nightmares in the hiring process. It makes it hard to hire the most qualified candidates, but easy to hire. We're not really easy to hire anyone because they have to go through that whole HR process, but mm -hmm. less painful to hire people based on, uh, based on a color of your skin. That, that just seems like what human resources kind of does. Mm -hmm. You know, it's racist. HR is racist. <laughs> human racism. That's HR. Human racist. Yeah, but speaking of uh, kind of cuckery going on, did you? Uh, well, I know we we're talking about that Dave Chappelle stuff last. I week. do. I want to mention one. The, what, uh, well, there's one quick. Actually, on Rotten Tomato about that. Like, man. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The, the, well, what I was going to say is I checked the score now for that, and it's at 25% rotten from the critics and 99% positive from the audience still. Yeah. Yeah, like the critics, they don't know what the heck. Like, this is what I mean. Like, there's there's the people out there, what the people like, and then there's what, like, the, the elite like. And they're completely different people. Like, I think maybe the elite should just, like, find their own country. Just deport the elite. <laughs> yes. 20, wow. Trump 2020. I mean, you can't do wow. that because you need rich people in the economy. But at the same time, there is a... I, I think they... Actually, I should check how many reviews were in that run. Because at one point, it was only at five. But it's total BS. It shows that there's definitely a... The elite and the people have totally different opinions on things. And there's a total wow. disconnect. Actually, well, there's 12. just rich people. It's just like, you know, there's a certain brand of... Well, it's critics. People. Critics are also, you got to keep in mind... For I'll use The Last Jedi as an example. They get pre-screenings. They get early access, and they like that. If they write a negative review, they might not get that, and that's no fun because you rev your review go doesn't go out, but the whole competition does. So with Dave Chappelle's, though, there were 12 critic ratings, and it got 25%. An audience of 99% had 27,000 user ratings, and it's probably a reaction to that um, negative critic score. Let me get. Let me guess this too. Like I, I have a feeling that a vast majority of the film critics are uh, politically left leaning. Yes, of course. <laughs> and they got offended by this for sure. Well, you know, they should go and like make a right wing like film critic like service or something where you know, everyone else is these like lefty like woofoos that think that like Moonlight or whatever it was was the greatest movie ever made. 
Mm. But, and like get out was like a work of art find people who don't believe in that yeah you know, find people who like you know i'll i'll find dave Chappelle funny i'll find uh who was that guy with the puppets jeff dunham uh, yeah yeah people like dave Chappelle, jeff dunham just like you know south park sort of humor that that enjoy politically incorrect shit yeah that's my style too i've uh always been a fan of jeff dunham he was funny from the moment i see him till the moment now i'm gonna be probably seeing another one of his shows here at state college soon and dave Chappelle too is a funny guy and i think even funnier now i think because of the culture we're in it makes non-pc provocative offensive humor funnier because there's people pissed off at it i heard you were trying to say something phil what was what do you think of all this well well no, I Rotten Tomatoes is actually owned seventy five percent by NBC Universal. Mm. So you you have to take whatever whatever uh, Rotten Tomatoes says. You really have to take with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you what they what they'll do is they'll they'll take their text analysis and they'll move it in a different direction like for certain for certain uh reviews they'll count some words that ping as positive or negative and then for other movies they won't depending on you know what deal they have who's uh who what movie uh who's pushing the movie like if nbc universal's pushing the movie right you're really not gonna get you're really never gonna get like a rotten score right. on an NBC Universal movie. Um uh you, you know, so you so again you you have to take it with a really great big grain of salt. Um I don't think I, I mean I've I've refused to li- uh to rely on Rotten Tomatoes anymore because because yeah. of that. Like I like like I I learned about I learned about text analysis in my MIS major and like, and I'm like, okay, this is dirty. Like, yeah, there's so much, there's so much room for error. There's so much room for dirty, uh, dirty play that it's like, out. uh, this changed my opinion on sites like rotten tomatoes altogether. So I'm like, well, so what's the big, um, issue you have with the scores then just so i'm clear like other than the fact that nbc owns it like how else are these scores getting manipulated for let's say non-nbc or universal films so what so what what they'll do uh they'll take a review so they'll take a review Mm -hmm. and 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 they'll use they'll use an algorithm program to read the review Mm. and see if it's positive or negative Mm, that's what i thought yeah if it's positive if it's positive, it's good. If it's negative, it's a uh, rotten. And then so they take a whole bunch of reviews and the tally determines what score it is. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. Um, so you have uh, so when you're looking up the reviews for like the Dave Chappelle thing, you see a lot of these bad ones are like slate, like real liberal real liberal fucking outlets like mm-hmm. slate and vox and some 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 stuff i've never even heard of mm-hmm. i didn't even know some of these papers even existed what, uh, 
but 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 they'll take them and they'll be like oh it's a review and then you know so you have that and then you have um so because nbc universal owns them uh it opens the door for for them to use sentiment analysis uh or like like where they read text to give a to read what's positive and what's negative so there's certain words that'll trigger a positive review or a negative review yeah like and then so depending a like depending on what company produced the movie they might get different words that trigger a negative response versus like an nbc universal movie mm -hmm. Right. Well, and the other so, thing that can be an issue too is when critics give a movie, let's say three, because they usually use a star system, they use like three stars out of five stars. Some would consider that a positive yeah. review. Some would consider that a negative review. Some would consider it more in the middle. You know, how do they filter through those? I mean, I like the idea of Rotten Tomatoes, which is that you simplify, you yeah. grab all the reviews and you simplify it down to saying, most people like this film or most people didn't like this film. That's the way I look at it. Or most people, but, but the problem is, is that it becomes a more, most people love this film and everyone hated this film. You know, it becomes a little bit too black and white, too polarizing. I mean, the percentage helps, but people will, like compare percentages. I'm like, well, that's not fair to say that something got an A7% is better than something got a 70%. That just means it's less likely to be good to your, you know, if you were to pop it in. But that doesn't mean it's better or worse film, necessarily. If you look at the actual ratings then, because they will... Or did they remove the ratings? Because I'm looking at some of these right now, and I don't see an... Av they, yeah, did they get rid of that? They used to do an average rating. That's well, what I would look at to get a better well, here's sense. A, well, here's the, th here's the thing, too. The... Um, so, in 2016, Comcast bought uh, the majority stake of... Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, and they bought well. Well, they uh, well they bought well they bought Fandango, which bought Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, which that's another that's another argument too. But um, but yeah. So so this is this is what I'm saying. Like they used to be good. Like they used to be good, and it used to be, um, but now it's like, well, now you're owned. You're owned by a movie production company. Yeah. There's gonna be like I'm already there. You're already nobody's. I I mean anybody that sees that is gonna have questions. Like, well, yeah. Are you sure you're not hooking up your own movies? Yeah. Well, because that's the thing is that Rotten Tomatoes is an extremely influential source now. It's uh, you know people make decisions on whether they see a movie based on the Rotten Tomatoes score. If you don't believe me, well, then explain to me why do movies now include it in their ads? They'll say, oh, it's 97% certified fresh and Rotten Tomatoes. A lot of, the, a lot of those are universal movies. Exactly. Too, yeah, 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 and that's true. So, no, it's, 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 it's a, uh, yeah, because, because they wanted to do it. They, they turned it into an advertising shill versus, you know, an actual legitimate reputable site. Yeah. Um so the, the this is this is kind of this is really what happened when 
like 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 Captain Marvel really made this like into national news because she got such a bad review and then they said well we're gonna start changing stuff and it's mm. like oh what kind of stuff are you changing please let me know yeah. um so so then i had to dig a little deeper i'm like oh oh so yeah comcast owns them oh that's nice uh yeah, because Captain Marvel is a 78 percent fresh from critics, fifty four percent rotten from audience. For the record, right, right. So, so yeah. Um, and then so it's like, well, what's the what's to say somebody can't buy, you know, buy a good review? What's to yeah. say Disney Disney couldn't have said, hey, I'll we'll we'll, we'll front you some money to give us a good review or whatever. And then like, you know, I, it's just, um, the, the whole rotten tomatoes thing is just, it's just shady. It's so, Mm -hmm. so shady. And the issue I have too, is like when I saw Captain Marvel, I heard about these reviews, but I really didn't, it really didn't influence me that much as it normally would. But I went in. I went into it just kind of open-minded to eh, might be bad, might be good. I don't know. I came out of it just thinking it was all right. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It was just okay. It was fine. It's a typical Marvel movie. You know, it was nothing. See, that's where I have an issue. Like, where can that fit in? Where something is okay? You know, where it's just all right. It's not. I mean, maybe I'd give it a fresh, but I don't. I don't. I yeah. I wouldn't even vote at that point. That's the thing. That's why I don't like that system. And if you look at like the Last Jedi, for example, this is when I started to get super suspicious with Last Jedi and the remake of that movie that Bruce Willis was in. Um, I forget what it was called. But where audiences liked it and critics hated it, it was new Bruce Willis, I forget what it was. But Last Jedi, of 451 critics, has a 91% fresh rating. And of the 200,000, over 200,000 audience ratings, has a 44% rotten. That movie, as we reviewed, uh, Alex and I back in the day, was a piece of shit. We hated it. Everybody I met has hated it. I haven't yeah. met a single person that goes, I love The Last Jedi. No. So how is it such a disparity that all the critics like it, but it's, you know, it's I, that's what I'm saying. It is. It has to be. Total manipulation. And, you, and you're telling me, so, so how many, how many, how many did you say reviewed it? Uh, about 450. And then for the audience, about okay. over 200,000. Okay. So 400, so you're telling me only 450 people reviewed yeah. the, the a, a fucking Star Wars movie. Critics, right? Yeah. You're telling me only 450 critics reviewed a Star Wars movie. One of the biggest movies of the year. A Star Wars movie. Yeah. A billion dollar Star Wars movie. You're telling me only 450 people? No. Nah, how, how many film critics are there? Like, just out of curiosity. Thousands. Thousands. Yeah. And here's the other thing. They, for example, like YouTube reviewers, I I remember Jeremy Johns was talking about this in his recent video. He just noticed that he was considered a Rotten Tomatoes critic. I don't know if his reviews were getting counted, but that's the thing is like, are they counting those reviewers? Because those are big reviewers now. It's not just the people in the New York Times and Time Magazine. 
there's websites, there's a bunch of other things. I, I think IGN's like considered in these reviews, but yeah. I'm looking well, at, there's so many is what I'm there's, saying. There's all, there's also, I mean, I, I mean, uh, the thing is, I mean, being a critic is kind of like, uh, I don't know. There, mm. There's definitely room for, for dirty play too. Like if you're a critic, a lot of, uh, sometimes you'll get to see some of the premieres or whatever, but yeah, the pre-screens too. If you give, if you give, like, if you give a if a Disney movie a bad review, you're probably not going to another Disney premiere exactly. ever again. You know, so it's. And here, here's something else I want to point out. I'm looking at one guy's review. His name is Matthew Lickenar, uh from the San Diego Reader. He's considered a top critic, and he gave it. And he his review got a fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. But guess what his original score was, it says here. Two out of five. That's not a fresh rating. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a good score no matter which way you cut it. No. No, it's terrible. But they no. gave it a fresh. And in his review, the part that they clipped out says, The devoted will no doubt be delighted. For the rest, a res resigned acceptance may be the safest path to enjoyment. Doesn't sound like a positive review. Yeah. Well, well, this is what I'm saying with the sentiment analysis. They'll, they'll, they'll take that review mm -hmm. and they'll put it in a, they'll put it in a program like, like rapid minor mm -hmm. and, um, and they'll writ and they'll scan it for trigger words. Yeah. Like there'll be certain trigger words that they look at to determine whether it's positive or negative. Yeah. But that can change. But that list of words can change. Yeah. And you could change it. Like you could, you could make, and not only that, you could make different, a different set of words for positive and negative, depending on what you, what, what like how you phrase it too. Produces in the it. Yeah. You could, you could, you could change it completely. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. And, and this is, then this is what I was, this is what I was saying when I was taking the course and, and even the professor was like, Oh, I didn't even think of that. Like, um, and I'm like, look, this could be bad. I took that course in the height of the, uh, Captain Marvel thing too. Mm -hmm. So I was already, I was already amped up. I'm like, <laughs> look, Oh, this is, this is useful information right here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, I, I mean, I can't, you, you, you just, it's sad. It's sad. We 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 live in a world that's like totally, totally. I mean, I mean, if you want to, if you want to look at the reviews, like the reviews from people, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't pay attention to any of the critics. But here's what's well. funny with the Last Jedi. I just found a review from the Huffington Post <laughs> It says, it's fun to look at. That's the line they pulled from it. And they gave that a rotten score. <laughs> and it's from the Huffington Post. I know. Critic would say that. Yeah. Like, what crit like I could see like just some shit poster who's like high or something being like, Oh, it's fun to look at movie, but Ooh. like an actual critic is paid money. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. I know. And there's another two out of five score that has a rotten, but the other two out of five had a fresh. It's so 
fucking stupid. Oh my god. I mean, I look, I want to like Rotten Tomatoes, but god, it's just gotten screwed over. Another as two out of five is as rotten. As soon as I learned, as soon as I learned they were owned by Comcast, I'm yeah. like, nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're shady, I'll tell you that. It's not good, people. Don't use it. I advocate for abandoning Rotten Tomatoes and finding some sort of alternative because there's like, there's, I think, is there Metacritic? There's a bunch of other ones. Meta Metacritic's all right. Metacritic's they can sometimes okay. be a bit wrong, but they're all right. I would use anything over Rotten Tomatoes. Like, let me, let's just Google movie name. Uh, let's just type in Last Jedi. That's my go-to one now to measure this. So you have IMDb, IMDb uh, Rotten Tomatoes, and Metacritic. I would, based on just this movie, I'd say go with the IMDb because IMDb puts it at seven point one out of ten. Rotten Tomatoes ninety-one percent, and Metacritic at eighty-five percent. Just look that shit up on the fucking YouTube. Yeah, that's what I normally do. Just look, just look up a review. That's what I do. But like. I use trust the reviewers. I going to start like playing into this and like, oh, well, see, I can manipulate shit too, so I can be, you know, hip and progressive. Yeah, yeah. Well, they already manip their, manipulate their algorithms with, you know, video searches and subscriptions and recommended. So it's going, going to get worse. I'll tell you that. But speaking of things that have gotten worse, there's something that's actually gotten better. Think Progress has shut down their doors. It's fabulous news. Yes, hallelujah. I love it. Because Think Progress is just fucking a... Riddance. What was that? Good fucking riddance. Yes. Woo! Oh, not yeah. be, that piece of shit outlet will not be missed. Well, it turns out that it, and this is not surprising, but it was basically a Democrat think tank. And because those people were basically running the site. So they're not looking for a buyer. And for the time being, it's just be converted to a site where the think tank can, their quote, scholars can post, unquote, things on it now. Because I'm sure they have scholars at a think tank. But yeah, that's happening. That's oh god, those I when I read that news, I was like, oh my god, best news all day, <laughs> seeing this awful site shut down. Because look, I love because they ain't gonna pe people in the comments like, oh, you you say you're for freedom of the press and you're cheering for a press outlet being shut down. You you monster, you fascist. Ugh. Well, look. I love the press when they're fucking reporting the news. If it's like, let's say, Fox and CNN, like, Fox is not as bad as CNN. Let's just be real. They don't do anywhere as near as much fake news as CNN does. When you're doing a lot of fake news on a daily basis, especially if you're run by a think tank, and especially if it's a totally one-sided agenda that's trying to destroy the enemy, you deserve to be shut down. I'm sorry. Unless you're honest about it. If you're honest about it and say, hey, look, we're a right-wing outlet or we're a left-wing outlet and we just want to print stuff that shows uh, how good you know Democrats are, that's fine. You want to see how good Republicans are, it's fine. Just be honest about it. Think progress. Think pro I keep on saying think progressive. That's what it looks like. Think progress was just the epitome of just fake, disgusting, yellow journalism, fake news. It was, ugh. whenever I'd see somebody send me a video by them, I'd just be like, oh, okay, you're one of those. Okay, I see. Just one of the stinkiest, slimiest outlets out there. Yeah, they're shit. I, I just hope that now this gets the same treatment eventually. Just get shut down. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they weren't they weren't even around too long. They were only around, I think, they were found in 2005, uh, but really didn't kick off till like 2007, it looks like, 2012. 
But yeah, that's gone. Yay! Yay, yay, yay. Welcome. Yep. Don't need them. Last thing I'll mention, because uh, this is what CNN and all these other left-wing outlets have been having like a fetish for, is that they said that Trump was lying about this weather map of the recent hurricane because he said it would hit Alabama. And they were like, oh, but no, it's not going to hit Alabama. And he sent out in the tweet where he said, quote, South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, and Alabama will be most likely hit much harder than anticipated. And if you look at the original maps of the National Weather Service from NOAA, they said it would, and that's where he was getting it from. He was showing them this, and they still don't believe him. And NOAA themselves even came out with a statement recently backing up what Trump said. So, yeah, the news media just got cucked by the weather. <laughs> anything you guys want to add to that or just want to say anything else random before we close her out? Um, yeah, CNN's fake news. And um, <laughs> if you're going to be smoking marijuana, be careful of, like, buying the weed vapes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've uh, there's been a few people buying these black market weed vapes. Like, you know, if you're going to do that in a state where it's legal, you know, that's... That's different, but, uh, you know, don't buy it from some dude, like mm. just some random dude, because people, like three dudes died from that, like using some black market vaporizers. Yeah. And there's been a lot of misinformation coming out saying that's like all vaporizers, like every one that I've seen where like they knew what was going on was all these like black market or like weed vape mm. oil. And like now, uh, what was it? Wisconsin said to go ban, like ban all flavored like vape juice. Oh yes, gonna... I love Wisconsin. <laughs> well, well, that's not going to help any because guess what's going to happen? They're going to end up buying black market vape uh... juice, creating the same exact problem. Like the problem was black market vape juice, so now they're going to drive you up to the black market. Now the problem okay. is natural selection. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're, it's just it's not going to work. You know, out of all the drugs out there, you know, fucking vaporizing is like the least the least ones you should be worried about no caffeine i'm sure but here's the thing vaping you know how i feel about it i hate the stuff it's on campus it feels like more than ever now and it's just oh it's gross to me i i don't know why people do it i mean it's, it has a sweet scent would you rather them like Yes, like I I'd actually rather, would. I actually I'd rather would. have a vaporizer scent than a fart scent. I would rather no vapes and all farts. I'd take it. Dude, I don't know, man. Like, cause you know, versus <laughs> a regular cigarette too. Oh no, I hate regular cigarette smell and cigar smell. God, it's like one of the top ten worst things I've ever smelled. If I could have a cologne, like I'd make a men's like cologne, like you know, <laughs> vape scent juice. Line. Nah, nah, like, I mean, vape juice can smell like anything, but, like, you know, cigarettes and whiskey would be a scent. Oh, God. Disgusting. Yeah, have, I would have, my, I don't know, like a gunpowder scent as well. <laughs> okay, that'd be funny, be, at least. Yeah, it'd be, like, all the manly scents. But what the fuck uh, is this picture you posted with Laura Ingram with light bulbs and straws in a burger patty? I don't know. I think that was actually a screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck I, I remember doing the cabinet thing she like know. whipped out like a beer case on air I was like okay like I like Laura Ingram and her show's alright and all but what the actual fuck 
Laura Ingram tries to drink light bulb stuff steak to quote trigger I think, liberals. I think it's supposed to be some sort of electricity thing. Oh, it might be triggering to... people because they want to ban straws and light bulbs. I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's bizarre with post without context. But yeah, mm. I mean, stay away from the weed vaporizers and um, yeah, don't be doing that. You know, if you're gonna be smoking weed. You know, you probably shouldn't be, but, uh, you know, if you're in a state where that's legal, you know, smoke a plant, eat the hmm. edible, or, like, buy one from an official licensed realtor, or not realtor, a Real producer. <laughs> you know, that's, you know, whatever semi-legal stuff. I mean, probably shouldn't be smoking weed, though. No, yeah, it's degenerate. Deport weed. I'm I, As our listeners probably already know, like, I hate all drugs and all this stuff. And I've actually changed my mind a bit on some things. Because I remember, I think, before I said, like, I was okay with weed being legalized. I'm okay with it being left up to the states. But I do, in an ideal world, I wish it wasn't legal. Sorry. I need to have something to kind of, like... Do we know, have I enough? Think... We have alcohol? We have cigarettes? No, I think we should like just legalize hard psychedelics. Okay, see, psychedelics are interesting because I there's something else I kind of changed my mind very recently too. I thought those like because I've seen like look Steve Jobs, Scott Adams, Bill Gates. These people would say, "I tried it once, man, and open up doors, man. I saw the universe, man. Never looked the same, man." And I thought, maybe that's some hippie rubbish, but. And I thought maybe there's something to it. Not saying I would do it, but I'm just saying I'm not going to advocate anybody to do it at all. I'm saying maybe there's something there. Maybe they're right because it does make you look at things literally differently. But I then saw a video about Sid Barrett. The uh, I think he was the lead vocal or lead guitarist. Or he's, he was an important person in Pink Floyd. Um, sorry, I forget what he actually did there, but he was one of the musicians in Pink Floyd. They showed a picture of him... You know, he's a good-looking guy, cool guy, before he went hard on the LSD. And then when he left the band and did LSD and then came back within, I think, a couple years, oh, my God, the picture. I'm not even going to describe it because you have to see it to believe me. Type in Sid Barrett and then look at a picture of him and then type in and keep that up and then type in Sid Barrett after LSD. Oh, my God, I've never seen a more shocking picture in my life. He literally looked like a different person. And and then he also had a bunch of mental issues where he was hearing voices and stuff like that, I think it was, or he was seeing things, you know, and it wouldn't leave him. LSD, if it's abuse, can really screw up your head. Look at people who are alcoholics. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I've known too many of them. Like, look at people who are, like, radical incels. <laughs> You know, once they start getting, look at gamers. Like you know, if you're just playing a video. Game, hey, don't 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 like, go don't hate on the gamers. We probably have quite a few in our audience. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying like literally anything, like any addiction can yes. be bad. Yeah, I know. But all the drugs out there, like probably you know, else he's one of the harder ones to get fully addicted to. And this guy, who knows what else he was taking? Yeah. Was he just taking like because like what was it? Uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah. Well, that guy, he does, you know, he's done all sorts of like, you know, very high marijuana smoker, very high. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, I think he's done out pretty much every psychedelic out there. I know he really likes DMT, but, you know, he seems like he's a, he's a functioning person. Like some people. Well, the thing is, it uh, affects different people differently. 
Yeah, and I think now we have a technology where we could go and like investigate that. So that you would know, be interesting. Me, hey, you know, and then like have you get a prescription from the drug to be able to recreationally, or, like from the person to recreationally uh, use drug. That's an interesting thought. Yeah, I mean, interesting topic, but that'd be one for another day. I don't, did we already have one on that before? We might have. I, but uh, see, there's also a fabulous alternative, which is just so wonderful. Go full Duterte. <laughs> Yeah, Take well, them all out. Oh, well, I'll, we'll, we'll have some brother. exceptions. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, see, the thing with Duterte is, as much as you'd want that in certain, like, cities maybe here, where you're like, oh, let's just take out all the drug dealers and use it. That'll simplify the problem. Problem is, it's not... We have a different culture. And we have a different society where I don't think that would work. I think if you had strict laws on drugs, in some ways, it can work. In some places it can work, and it's what I would... Because here's the thing. If you have a strong deterrent, that's going to deter people from doing something. But if you kill, like, drug users, yeah, that's a bit of an issue because that's pretty immoral. But here's the thing. like, every company... Like, what you're doing is, like, you know, you... Like, let's say you're a drug user, and then, you know, you can't get a job because drug users, they all drug test. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe, like, for... Like most regular jobs, maybe you just get rid of that. No, because here's the thing. I wouldn't want to hire a drug user at my company. Cycle. Well, that creates a cycle where they can't get a job because they do drugs. Well, that's and the job might help them escape from that. That's true to some extent. That, that is a good point. But there are a lot of jobs I do know, like at my grocery store. I keep bringing up my grocery yeah, store. Well, yeah, grocery store. That's, but they'll that's hire people to do drugs. They'll just keep you as long as you show up. <laughs> Well, yeah, a grocery store, that's not a good job. That's, well, you know, to be fair, do you think these people are capable and qualified to get a better job? Well, look at Steve Jobs. Yeah, but he did know? LSD like once, and he's a freak exception. He dropped out of college. Most people can't do that and then invent he, a bloody he computer. A he, he had an idea. He had that drive. He did, yeah. You he's know, he very had, lucky. There's a lot of people, like look at the musicians. Like some of them... You know, thankfully, musicians don't drug test, or else we'd have very shitty music, most likely. Yeah. Like, well, from what I understand, sure. when listening about like these people from the '60s, is that there's still talent. Look, you can't just like let's say me. I, or, okay, let's think of a better example. Um, let's think of some like random homeless guy on the street. He, he doesn't have any talent in music. He doesn't have really many skills or qualifications. He just he's, he got dealt an unlucky hand. If you just throw him LSD and he takes some LSD, he's not going to become, you know, Brian Wilson or John Lennon overnight. What these drugs yeah, tend I to mean, do is you know, enhance. Rock bottom, you shouldn't be doing drugs. I know, you but my point is the drugs don't enable the creativity. They most of the time just enhance it from what I've heard. Like artists, yeah, like, maybe you're like the only people that should be playing with this stuff. Not saying you even should be, but just saying maybe. Well, no, I mean, it creates different ways. Like, you know, you go just saying it, it creates something different. It it disrupts their regular routine, like at least with the psychedelics. But like, you know, even like stuff like, you know, like opiates, like they're yeah. certain, like, like, let's say or fentanyl. You know, you're, well, not like not. Well, opiates are... that fentanyl should only be used for people who are like terminally cancer patients. And that's you know, very sparingly even so. Like, they, they invented to give to, like, kids in lollipops who are, like, terminal cancer. Uh, that's probably the way it should stay. But, like, you know, there there's a time and a place for everything, I think. 
Mm. I, I think none of us know what the fuck we're talking about when it comes to medical shit. Well, medical I think things should be possible. I think. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, but I mean, I'm saying like, like, dude, there's so many. Uh, like, I hate when they try to make, like, like the one thing that I hated about Obamacare was they made way too many baseline laws about like medical shit. Like, no, there's we're so individual, like, like we're so individualistic mm -hmm. that like. What what could work for one person could fucking kill the next person. Yeah, you know we don't. Yeah, there's there's so many things: personal history, drug use, heredity, what you eat, what you've done, what you work out. Some people's brains are just fucking different. You know, it's just like it's. I, the problem it's, is uh, when most people do drugs, they don't know. If they're the yeah. type of person that will be positively negatively exactly. affected. That's why I say, exactly. just don't do it. <laughs> yeah. That's why, you know, if you're going to do it, do it in a small dose at first. Yeah. Yeah. Do meth in a small dose. What could go try wrong? Try it out, man. Just well, I mean, they're already giving Adderall. That's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, I know. Adderall That's... should be outlawed in my view. It might help some people, but God damn it. Shit is well, look, dangerous. I mean, with it i mean i'm not saying you know i don't think it should be given to kids but i think for adults yeah i think you should be able to get that in certain cases because it can it can have that it can have beneficial effects yeah but it's I, one of those things where it's got to be like i don't want to say like guns but you know only a few people can get it. it's got to be like super restricted super you know there's got to be a lot of vetting involved and you gotta know if you're the right person but final thoughts before we close out over to the drugstore and fill out a form Okay, maybe. I I don't know. I mean, I, I just think it's, it's got to take a... There's got to be a lot more to it. There's got to be extreme vetting. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more Real News.